Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Well, good morning, church. Isn't that true? Because of Him, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's try that again. It's important. Romans tells us that if you believe, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, then you will be saved. Those promises that we just saw will be fulfilled and will come to be a part of your life. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, then you will know life. You will know truth. And that will set you free. So let's put those two together. What's in our heart and what we confess with our mouth. Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. What a, that's a great prayer to pray. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. It's a declaration of our faith. It's a de- declaration of a truth that comes from God. That's not my verse for today. My verse for today is this. 2 Corinthians 5 17. Never more true than on Easter Sunday. Never more true than on the day we celebrate in particular his resurrection. He who was dead has come to life. And here this morning, uh, we're going to pray at the end, but we get an opportunity to align ourselves again or to realign ourselves with this truth in our heart because we live lives in a fallen world. And if there's something the fallen world is going to try and do, it's going to try and make us believe that that has not happened. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And here on Easter, that represents the most consequential moment in all of history when what was the old way of living, the old way of understanding what life was, what life was all about, what it meant, what was meaningful, what were we expecting, what were we going to get out of life, what we understood up until then, all of a sudden became out of date and old. Because all of a sudden, on that Friday, Saturday and Sunday, God reveals the next phase of his plan. God reveals the fullness of his plan and the fullness of his purpose. In that first Easter, the turning point in all of history, all sin was forgiven, we were cleansed, and all sin was washed away. Evil, ultimately death, was absolutely doomed and defeated. Eternal, everlasting life was revealed and gifted to us. All this when Jesus gave his life on the cross, spent three days in the tomb, but then rose in a victorious resurrection from that tomb. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most glorious of Bible themes. And if we're not careful, we can live our lives so concerned with the immediate problems that we have and trying to work out the immediate solutions to those immediate problems that sometimes we can sell ourselves short and we don't give ourselves to the glorious themes that we find in the Bible. And if we fail to give time to those glorious love, that song we had, Majesty, when we focus on the majesty 
of God. When we give ourselves to those glorious themes, what we'll find is that we will find the solutions that we've actually been looking for. We find that fortitude. We find that strength of spirit. We find the courage that we need to overcome those issues and those concerns that we are facing. We cannot set aside the resurrection of Jesus Christ and be fulfilled in everything that God has got planned for us. So here this morning, my prayer is that again, anew, we'll find ourselves, our roots going deeper into, we'll find ourselves more established, we'll find ourselves establishing that foundation that we are who we are, sons and daughters of God, victors on this earth at this particular time because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, such a central part of who we are, then you will be saved. There's so many accounts of the resurrection through that time and I want to just choose one from Luke 24, 37 to 43. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened, thinking they'd seen a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Don't fall for the resurrection being a metaphor or an allegory. You know, Jesus lived on, but he lived on in spirit. He lived on in the teachings that his disciples carried for him. Here we have Jesus presenting himself to the apostles. He said, it's my body. Look, come and put your hands in my wounds. One of the other accounts. Come and put your hands in my side. This is the body that you saw die. And now you see this body raised to life again. It's a physical reality. The resurrection is very comforting. It's not comfortable. And we don't want to take it for granted and go, wow, Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Stop and think a bit. This is majestic. This is high in terms of God's plan and God's purpose. And something remarkable happened. Look at the, the response of the apostles. Startled, amazed, frightened, overjoyed and terrified because they're in a locked room and suddenly Jesus, body, soul and spirit appears amongst them. There's a seismic shift in how the universe operates. Truly, something new has been revealed. Death is not the end. You will live forever. There's a resurrection life, a promise of eternal life, and you can lay hold of that and bring that forward into the now. We've got a guarantee and a deposit of our eternal life because Jesus has gone before us and has demonstrated. And we can bring that into our life now because if Jesus has flesh and bones, then he is who he says he is. I love when the angels, when the women come to the tomb, and they say to the, they say to the women, why are you looking for the dead amongst the living? Sorry, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Because they're coming to look for Jesus' body. I knew I'd get that wrong. <laughs> why are you looking for the living? Amongst, why are you looking for the dead amongst the living? He's risen. I like this bit. Just as he said. Just as he said he would. He has risen. And we can look back to John chapter 2. Jesus said to this, to his disciples, Destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. And they said, It's taken 46 years to build this temple 
And you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. And after he'd been raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he said, and then they believed the scripture, just as Jesus had spoken. So if Jesus is who he says he is, he is Lord. He is Lord over all creation. He is our resurrection. He is our life. Revelation 1, verse 18. Do not be afraid. What were the words of Jesus to the apostles when he appeared? He said, peace be with you. Here he's saying, do not be afraid. Why is he saying that? Because he knows he's won the victory over this world. He's won victory over sin and death and all the symptoms of what sin and death are in our life. So be at peace. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. How long will Jesus love you? How long will Jesus pray for you? How long will Jesus be committed to you for as long as he lives? And he is alive forever and ever. And he holds the keys of death and Hades. He has authority over death and Hades and everything that comes with those two things, with sickness, over pain, over anxiety, over conflict, over addiction. The old has gone and the new has come. He's destroyed the power of hell. He's broken death. He was dead, but now he has raised body, soul and spirit. And he is our guarantee of our resurrection. He's not a dead founder of some ethical religion. And he hasn't left us with the job of following a collection of must-dos and rules. And some of us fall into that trap. No, he's our living saviour. He's the firstborn of the dead. In 2 Corinthians 15, we read this. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, maybe he died on the cross and forgave our sins so we can enjoy a life which is forgiven of sins, but we're going to die in the end. No, Jesus forgave our sins on the cross, but then he rose from the dead to give us eternal life. We have hope in Christ, not just in this life, but in the one that is to come. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. Death is the enemy of life. It brings suffering, sickness, pain and brokenness. All these things are the symptoms of death. We're living through a COVID crisis that's a symptom of death. And we experience this curse because the actions of one man who failed to trust God's love. We trust God's love. For just as surely as Adam brought death, there is hope. Death, defeat and resurrection life also comes because of what one man did. Jesus Christ. All will be made alive. And with that hope comes life. Not just survival in a broken world here, but a victory life of hope, promise, strength, faith and love. That's the newness that Resurrection Sunday reminds us of. Death has been defeated, the old has passed away and life in Jesus Christ has come for all who believe. And a life after this one, where all death's symptoms are removed 
And Jesus reverses the curse because with Jesus we declare that sin and death no longer reign, but Jesus does in our life. And when we look at that scripture we just read, we get an inkling that the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and his resurrection is not quite the full story. We begin to see that there's an open invitation from God for us to participate in the resurrection, to share it, for us to lay hold of that victory life. We are not spectators. God calls us up to be a part of it. Jesus is not the dead founder of an ethical religion with a rule of law for us to do our best to follow a collection of must-dos, a list of rules that at some point, if we're faithful enough to that, we will discover our best life. Jesus is already our best life. If we believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead, if we confess with our mouth that he is Lord, we have our best life. Romans 5 says, if you believe, you are already crossed over from death to life. It's like God brings a crane down. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, boom, crane, you are crossed over from death to life. You are there. Please don't put the cart before the horse where we live a life when we think, if I'm good enough, if I can follow some good enough rules well enough, if I can pray hard enough, if I can read my Bible hard enough, if I can go to church, I'll inch closer and closer to God. I'll inch closer and closer. That's putting the cart before the horse. (laughs) If you believe by faith you are saved, then you have already crossed over from death to life. Why do I pray? Why do I read the Bible? Why do I become part of a church community? Because I've got a whole new way of life to discover. I've got a whole new way of life. Time for God to reveal what is so glorious and precious. That's why I do it. I've crossed over from death to life. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You come into this world, sorry, dead and unforgiven. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. But because of his great love for you, God, who is rich in mercy, made you alive with Christ even when you were dead in transgressions. For it's by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. We were dead and unforgiven, but then God did three things. He made us alive with Christ, He raised us with Christ and he seated us in the heavenlies with Christ. We're not simple spectators. We've been co-opted into this wonderful thing, this kind thing, the Bible says, that God is doing. We glorify Jesus because he was raised from the dead and he sits on the throne of heaven. And then he looks down and says, why don't you come up? This isn't my idea. Why don't you come up? I've made you alive with me. I've raised you with me. I've seated you with me. This is why Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's why he says, peace be with you. Because in all of this, in the middle of everything you may be facing in this fallen world, you are alive, raised and seated with Christ. 
Paul puts it perfectly, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of overcoming. Christ in you, the hope of healing. Christ in you, the hope of restoration. You're not alone in this. God knew you would not be able to do it on your own. He enables you. He's with you. Think about this. Imagine you're walking down the street and you find a man sitting on a bench and he's dead. He's gone. And you look at him, he's quite overweight. Two litres of Coke sitting there, chips strewn around, and you know he's gone. You feel the pulse, he's gone. And you go, i got a good idea. And you run back to your car and you grab out from the car a cookbook you just bought, healthy diet, Mediterranean diet for a long life. And you go back to him and you go, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to read him the recipes, how to lead a healthy life so you won't die from what looks like bad eating habits. It ain't going to work. He needs the paddles. Boom. He needs resurrection. Boom. He needs a miracle. And that's what it is for us. The Bible tells us you were dead in your sin, but God made you alive because of his kindness towards you, and it's a gift for you. Not because of anything you have done, but because God loves you. But then when we receive that gift and start walking, old things has passed away into the new things that have come. I've got a whole new world open for me. At Easter, we encounter these most powerful symbols in our Christian faith. We encounter the cross. Friday, the forgiveness of all our sins, the cleansing of us from all unrighteousness. Jesus gives his life for you. But he's not just interested in giving his life for you. That's only half the gospel. There's an equally powerful symbol on Sunday, the empty tomb. You've been made alive eternally and everlasting. Jesus gives his life for you, but he also lives to give his life to you. He forgives all our sins. He washes us and cleanses us so that he can put his life into us. So we can walk out on the court of life. And it's not about our best attempts. It's not about our polished exterior, but it is about the Spirit of God who is kind and loving. The Spirit of God who is about peace and hope and restoration and getting you through. It's about the Spirit of God expressing himself in and through you. If you declare with your mouth and believe in your heart, that Jesus is Lord and that he has been raised from the dead. Think about Nat Fife, free man or football player. And I know because I'm using a sport analogy, I've lost a third of you. And I, Nicole just nodded her head. And I know because I'm using a Dockers player, I've lost another third of you. All right. But if you were to replace him in the team, how do you think you would go? Not very well. What if, this isn't biblical, but what if... What if the spirit of Nat Fife infused you and possessed you so, you could, so he could play through you and in you? Now, that changes everything. I know it's a sporting analogy, but it's a good one. That's what it is when we live our life with Christ. Remember, Moses encountered a burning bush, and the spirit of God was the flame on the bush, but the bush wasn't consumed. That is it. Except we don't have a flame on the outside. We've got the Spirit of God living inside of us. This is not about you doing your best. 
It is about you wanting to do your best, but having the Spirit of God, Jesus himself, animating you. And this is his idea. It's not mine. No one thought of this. His commitment to you is so complete. In John 17, Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. That I myself may be in them. And in the Gospel of John, this is the last recorded of prayer, prayer of Jesus before he heads off for the Passion. What was on his heart right at the end? Father, that they would understand that I will be in them. He wants to give to us exactly what he has with the Father. Come as you are. Come as you are. Again, we crossed over from death to life. We don't need to inch closer. We are already there. We just want to discover and embrace that love. And so here on resurrection morning, we know we are celebrating that Jesus is not in a tomb somewhere in the Middle East. We're not celebrating a good life that was lived. We're not celebrating a good teacher who's pointing the way as we go on a search for meaning and purpose. It all points to him. What we do here this morning is celebrate our resurrection and our life. We celebrate the resurrection and life of Jesus, but if we really honour that resurrection and life, then we receive the same resurrection and life because that's why he did it. You know, when I was a student back in, back in university days, I wasn't very wealthy. Um, I used to use tea, tea bags twice. True story, tea bags twice. I shopped at the second-hand stores. Two-minute noodles were my stock and I did drink some wine, but if we were short of vinegar in the cooking, we would go and get the wine. That's, that's how much I spent on those sorts of things. But one day, I got a job. And one day, I received my first paycheck. And one day, I had a whole new life open for me. Do you know what I did for a long time? I still used my tea bags twice. I still, yes, yes. And my parents grew up in the Depression, so they were right on board with that. Right? I used my tea bags twice. I still shopped at the army surplus store. I had to learn a whole new way of thinking and living. And that's what our Resurrection Sunday is like. God brings us into a place. This is a whole new way to think and look at yourself. Death is not the end. You will live forever. You are not on your own. I have taken up presence in you. My spirit is alive in you. Because as a believer in Jesus Christ, we've been given a new life. You are alive with Christ. This is my words. This, this is God. I have made you alive with Christ, my son. I have raised you with Christ, my son. And I have seated you with Christ, my son my son. How do you get that revelation from your brain into your heart? You ask God for it. You keep praying for it. You declare with your mouth, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. 
because this is who we are. But every now and then, we can be pervaded. We can be persuaded by thoughts and fears that are of our old life. Shame, guilt, regret, sickness, bitterness, unforgiveness, fear, anxiety, whatever it is that can take a hold of you. But here this morning, we're going to come to a prayer right now. It's important that we align ourselves with what God says about us. He has the truth, not us. We remind ourselves that this is old way of thinking and it has passed away. That old way of thinking, shame, guilt, regret, the conflict you have in your life, that was nailed to the cross. It was buried in the tomb with Jesus and at his resurrection it was left behind in the tomb, broken and defeated. This is the resurrection life that he shares with us. Romans 5 says this, If, whilst we were sinners, we were reconciled to him by the cross, then having been reconciled by his death, how much more will we be saved by his life? Jesus is alive. Each one of us is alive in Jesus. So today, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a new life. You have a resurrection life. Stop shopping in the army surplus store. Go out and buy Twinings tea. You have a victory life, a life that is alive in the promises of God, a life alive with his very presence in you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Let me pray that this morning. Thank you, Lord. Father, we receive your word this morning. We ask for that revelation in our very heart, our very soul, our very spirit. We long to walk in the promise. We long to walk in the inheritance that you have provided for us so right now lord we receive your spirit anew in us we receive the resurrection life anew in us we thank you that we've got a victory walk that as you have made us alive you have raised us and you have seated us with christ Clothe us with that truth anew, we pray, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We look to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.